So delighted to have you here with us today, Sandra. I got I got my first question for you. Sure. I want you to fill in the blank. If okay. people if people really knew me, they would know that I love what? Plants more than people. <laughs> now you can't come out with that and don't tell us more. Why plants, not people? What's up with the plants? Well, plants don't talk back. Um, but and that that's really not the absolute truth. I do love people. Um, what I love about plants is, is you can guide them more impactfully than you can people. Mm. Um, you can look at a plant and see where there is damage and you can prune a plant. You have to be a little bit more careful with people. <laughs> wow. Does that make sense, Devin? Yeah. So yeah, if a person is damaged, you have to walk a little bit further back and look at all the angles and all the pieces and the parts and try to do it in a way that you don't cause further damage. With a plant, I can come with pruners. So no drama, no emotions. The plant assumes positive it is, intent. It just is what it is with a plant. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so do you have, uh, one might presume that you got a lot of plants around the house then. Not in my house. I have brown thumbs, but I do grow a lot of plants outside. I'm a gardener. Oh, okay. Yeah, edible type of plants. Wait, is that a thing? Like green thumb, brown thumb? It's a joke because a lot of oh. people will see my yard and it's like, oh gosh, you have a green thumb. I'm like, no, I think they're brown. No, no, no they're brown. <laughs> they're brown. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> they're still brown. Other words, if I can do it, you can do it too. Yes, yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so did you, did you, you know, I find, you know, a lot of us are invariably in some shape or form a byproduct of our experiences. Oh, absolutely. Right. So tell us a little bit about, you know, Sandra as a kid, like, is that part of that plant? Yes. It, yes. And no. So Sandra as a kid was probably on the lonely side. I had three older brothers, no sisters. Um, my parents weren't wanting to believe that girls needed to spend a whole lot of time outside. Um, I could go out there and maybe plant a few flowers and watch, but I wasn't supposed to get dirty. I wasn't supposed to, um, really play sports. I played piano. I read a lot of books. I had a very boring existence. It did not. Um, I lived, someone else lived vicariously through my childhood. It wasn't my desire. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. So wh where did you, uh, and where did you grow up? In South Carolina. Oh, okay. Oh, you yeah. told me that. You told me. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in South Carolina in a small town um, where my both of my parents were educators. I came from, and I was listening to your podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I fit the, the description. I came from a two-parent home that was probably more on the affluent side for people that look like me. Um, my father was also a pastor, and he worked really hard, and my mom did too, to give me the things that I wanted in life. So my okay. perspective is completely probably different than most. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got but I will up. tell you go ahead, right, Corey. You you grew up watching your 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 father cultivate people and you started to develop this love for cultivating plants. It's okay, insane. but my father was also a gardener. Oh, see, look at that. Oh, and both of my grandfathers. Wow. So when I was a kid, I hated plants. <laughs> you know, but I, I <laughs> 
But I found in life that the most things to me that you're successful with are things that you go full circle in. Mm. Mm. I mean, most people don't realize that. They think about the things that they didn't like when they were a kid. You know, my parents used to make us go outside and pick greens in the fall before school started and all the kids laughed at us. It's like, oh, you, you're the people with the money and you out there, you know, sharecropping early in the morning. <laughs> You know, it's funny about that. So, you know, like my father's from South Carolina too. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up uh, just eating what he ate. So we had a lot of grits. Uh, most people don't even know what Scrapple is, but, you know, we had some Scrapple. We ate uh, collard greens. I mean, right. And so what's funny is like, I find myself now just recently at the supermarket. I, I walked by, I was in the produce section and I saw some collard greens. And for the last, like, month it's it's like it's it, it's funny how this happens but i've been enjoying the collard greens but it's not so much the collard greens itself it's taking me back to a place mm. when i'm with my you know that right call it soul food call it what you want but my brain absolutely can makes the connection between that food and emotional connection when i was with my pops does that make any sense at all Oh, absolutely. I think there is a strong connection with memories and all of your senses. You know, if you can hear a sound and remember something, taste a taste, remember something, smell a smell, remember something. And if you think about with food, you've got the taste and the smell. So it would conjure a memory. Um, I think as I reflect on my childhood and having the things that I probably didn't have, and I married someone who didn't have any of those things. So I was very aware of what I had. Um, but I think what it, as I reflect on what my parents taught me, the number one thing they taught me was self-sufficiency. Mm. And that's something I try to teach other people. So for me, gardening, um, I live in a neighborhood. I have seven raised beds. I have a little vineyard. I have a little orchard and I have 10 chickens and it wow. looks very neat. I mean, I have a, a Facebook page where I teach people how to garden, um, But right now for me, it's more about the practice of staying in that practice. So if it does hit the fan, I'm going to make it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm going to survive. I'm going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it's funny because when COVID started, people were like, oh my goodness, what if the grocery store runs out of food? I actually made videos and I actually have a little plant downstairs now where I took a, a head of celery cut the bottom off, stuck it in a container with a little bit of water for two or three weeks. And now the plant's this tall. I mean, we are so consumed with convenience Mm. that we forget who we are as a people. We come from survivors. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the things our forefathers survived and now we complain if a light doesn't work properly or, you know, some little (laughs) thing that we can impactfully change. Um, So, if I want to talk about anything today, I want to talk about self-sufficiency. Yeah. About the things that, you know, allow us to keep going when things don't look like they can, you, we can keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think that's certainly apropos right now for a variety of reasons. I mean, I had not gone through a pandemic before and I imagine most of the folks listening haven't either. So it's, it's in a lot of cases, I'm hoping it's, it's maybe people resetting their priorities. Absolutely. And, Right. And so, but this self-sufficiency thing, are we talking, we're talking beyond just um, gardening. We're talking about mindset. 
Where is that playing? Oh, absolutely. Mindset. And even in my office, the floor, I put that floor in. My laundry room, that tile, I laid that tile. Wow. Um, One of the things that my father's father, my father's father, um, his father died in the last pandemic. Okay. Um, He died when my grandfather was seven years old and my grandfather never returned to school. So he did not read well. He did not write well. His name was Walter Hughes. Mm. Okay. And, um, but when I graduated from college, I moved to Virginia. My grandfather calls me and he says, so how's your new house? How's your new job? I'm like, new house? I have an apartment. He's like, what? I'm like, I have an apartment. I was like, you know how things are done. You get an apartment, you get a job, you know, you, you get credit and then you buy a house. And he goes, well, that's foolishness. And I'm like, foolish? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I have a second grade education. I built my own house. What'd you go to college for? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, apparently I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fascinating though it really so taught me a life lesson it did and the other lesson or thing he taught me was you know I was fixing something one day and he called and I was telling well I was planning to get something fixed and he's like well, I'm like I'm recalling a repair person this broke he goes repair person he's like yeah how much is that going to cost and I told him he's like Woo-wee, that's a lot of money he goes, girl, don't you know you could try to fix something three times before you pay somebody to fix it? And most probably you're going to get it right the second time. And I was like, oh, so I stopped calling repair people. The hot water heater downstairs, I put it in. Wow. I can, re- I can read. He used to ask me, can't you read? Yes, I can read. So if I can read, I can figure it out. I think we forget that we can read and they make books to be read. <laughs> And not even just that either in this day and age, the, the books, you got YouTube videos. There's literally nothing. <laughs> that you can't figure out. My husband has, yes, I'm married, by the way. Um, and I have two adult children and six granddaughters. But that's another conversation. Oh, wow. Congratulations, TV, by the way. Thank you. My husband put a TV in the garage. And I was like, so our garage is completely done. Sheet rocked, ceiling fans, cabinets. You know, we have Christmas and Thanksgiving in our garage and people are like, oh my gosh, your garage is, I'm like, well, that was the project because we wanted to see if we could do it. We yeah. did it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he has a TV out there and I was like, I think the TV is overboard. He goes, no, because when I need to fix the car, now I can turn on YouTube. Now I have to keep walking back and forth. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, sounds like he's, um, pretty self, you know, resilient too, huh? Absolutely. I think sometimes when we are, the reason we aren't away is because we've not seen it or been around it. And when you're around something, you adopt that behavior. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because that works both ways, right? Absolutely. If you're, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, way, way back in the day, I used to hear this over and over. And uh, I'm going to just go way back. It, 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 it went something like this. I don't give a damn what they do in that house. We don't roll like that up in here. I used to hear that over and over. And that was my mom and dad. I don't care what they do in that house. This is not, this is not what we do. We read books, right? We don't stay out all, all late. We go to bed early and like a variety of different things, whether it be reading the Bible, like it was a certain, certain level of expectation. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't realize it at the time, but as you get older and you realize it, uh, as you're forming your belief systems and who you can be, 
those little nuances, those little things tend to help. And if you, and I find that, and I'm, you guys weigh in here is that, uh, you know, I find that we don't have bad people. Kids aren't born bad, but it most often it's the environment. It's who they're associated with, the norms and, and their infrastructure, who they hang around with. And so when Absolutely. you say that, it takes me to that place. Absolutely. One of the things my daddy used to say, and he's not with us anymore, but he used to say, um, what somebody's mama put in them, you can't get out. Mm. And there's some truth, but I will add to that as I have matured and say, but they can choose to change. Uh-huh. So then uh-huh. it's up to them to change. We can't change them, but they can change themselves. themselves. And that's through their experience, their encounters and their exposure. So it was, go ahead, Corey. No, 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 no. I was just going to comment and say, yeah, that was, that, that was a good word right there. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting is that so dad dad was a was a pastor, mom was an educator. I guess both are educators actually. My father was also a principal, both of them. He was like both. Oh, okay. Wow. So yes. So it sounds like uh education was pretty important in the household for I mean Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's funny because remember I made the comment about full circle. Yeah. So because education was such a big thing in my house and people always said, you're going to be a teacher. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I became a chemist and I worked in a lab for about five years. I went to graduate school for a while in medicinal chemistry. And every place I went, it's like, you're a good explainer. You're a good teacher. And I was like, yeah. And I don't like synthetic organic chemistry. So I came back full circle and now I teach adults. I'm in the talent development space. Wow. Hmm. So, can I, your, so go ahead. Can I ask a no, question? I was gonna say, usually, oh, go ahead, Corey. Ask your question. Yeah, I got it. So the the part what I'm interested in, um, kind of unpacking a little bit more. So going full circle with like the planting, yes. or being a is that what I should say, or is it like botanist, or I don't know, just having the brown thumb, right? So. Uh, at one point it was, I didn't like doing it, but at what point in your life did it become like, hey, I'm gonna start doing this on my own, or I wanna plant something that I love to see growing in the in the ground like- Okay, that, that's a very good point, um, Corey. I think, and I'm not sure. I mean, I always, my dad would used to let me plant little flowers and that made me feel good because I didn't have to harvest them, I didn't have to water them, I didn't have to weed them, all that stuff. So I think I had an affinity. I just didn't like all the work around it. Um, but when my husband and I got our first house, I just felt like it was incomplete until I had a garden because I grew up with one. Yeah. And I toiled in that garden that summer thinking how much I hated it. But when it started bearing fruit, I'm like, okay. And it tasted better. It smelled better. Wow. I knew where it came from. I mean, we didn't talk about carbon, carbon footprints back then, but mine was as far as, you know, 30 steps from my back door. I mean, it just, it made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you when we talk about full circle and I wasn't going to go here but I'm just going to share my heart about something yeah. I think one of the things that we as a people struggle with about gardening is because we uh, akin it to slavery we talk about the fact that you know people you know came from a plantation they work hard I don't have to do that you know I'm not going back to that mm-hmm. right but I actually think that maybe we should <clears throat> Yeah. Could you imagine how powerful it would be 
if I owned a plantation, not necessarily a plantation in name, but a large tract of land where I could grow things and mm. send it to the inner city where there is food insecurity, um, provide things for people who don't have things, educate people. I think that would be a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. But most of us run away from that because we think, oh, that's horrible. I mean, to me, a large tract of land is the only <clears> place <throat> right now in America where you can print your own money. And what I mean by printing your own money is that you can grow something and sell grow something for pennies and sell it for dollars. You know, you could possibly raise service animals and sell them for thousands of dollars. You can print your own money, but we are so afraid of that because of the history. I think we need to turn that scar into a beauty mark. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, I think I would agree. I think there's a little bit of a stigma on that. <clears throat> You know, I think my, my father growing up was in the fields. So, you know, anything associated with being in the fields was was a pejorative. It was, it comes with all that historical legacy of of that. So it was almost like to be to have arrived, you had to get outside the field. You had to, you know, and so it's interesting you say that because like, you know, even right now, there's a variety of different companies nationally that deliver vegetables to your house in a cardboard box. There's one for called Imperfect Foods where they take kind of secondhand. I use the, I use them. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. So I mean, like what you're saying is like someone's already thought, and they're already, and then so it's that's fascinating. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's, and I agree. It's a mindset because I've had this conversation with my mother. You know, she was like, you know, I think she may have. She was privileged growing up as well, but I think she may have probably been in a tobacco cotton field a few times in her life. Um, and she was like, wow. are people trying to get out of the fields and you trying to go back? So I make the joke is, and excuse me, but I'm going to be the master. Yes, yes. And there's yes. a big difference mm -hmm. when you the master. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people have food trucks that go around and, you know, they make sandwiches. But why not have a food truck where you're selling a head of collard greens, greens for 50 cents or a dollar to somebody who doesn't have access to fresh food. It didn't cost me 50 cents to grow it. I'm still making a profit. Wow. Why not help people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. government subsidizes, but what do they sus subsidize? Corn, wheat, McDonald's, soybeans, <laughs> soybeans yeah. things that yeah. are not even healthy. So why yeah. not we provide healthy food for people who are in food deserts i mean because there are in in our area alone i live outside of richmond virginia there are uh, areas of richmond where you can't find a grocery store and you can't get to one unless you have a car but where i live i probably can count 10 grocery stores in less than two miles what sense does that make there's no yeah. way possible that all those grocery stores can be shopped well yeah, you, know, you you're go right. here for this special, this for that one. But then they're in the city. If you don't have a car, you got to go to some bodega or some corner store and pick up things that are exorbitantly priced. They're not even good for you. Or you go to Burger King or McDonald's because it's cheaper to eat there and feed your family there than it is to go to the grocery store. Yeah, we have truth. to be self-sufficient. So I, I love, uh, so the self-sufficient is, is a pinnacle of, of what you, what was instilled in you growing up. Um, was there, 
anything else uh, as well? I mean, I, of course there is, right? But is there anything else that also stands out with the self-sufficiency? Because it sounds like in order for anyone to even get to the point to where they want to, where they're looking at uh, gardening different, um, they, they need to be able to change their mind. And so where there's some uh, common themes, so the self-sufficiency, like how did that look, you know, um, growing up? So you'd wake up sometimes in the mornings, you'd have to pick collard greens before school. Uh, was there any other ways that that kind of manifested, if you will? Uh, or, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Again, my parents were interesting. They went to um, college during the time that um, there were a lot of uh, boycotts during segregation. They actually sat at a lunch counter and went to jail, whole nine yards. Wow. Um, but one of their college experiences impacted my father in a funny way. My mom has laughed about a little bit. Apparently, he was a little bit older than her. So apparently, he first went to college. He had to date an ugly girl because he didn't know how to type. And, <laughs> he didn't know how to type? Yeah, you know, to get his yeah. papers type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he didn't do laundry, so he had to date an ugly girl. So um, my parents taught us that so we had to graduate from, our, graduate from home before we could graduate from high school. And graduating from home meant that you needed to know how to do your own laundry. You had to know how to type. You had how to iron. You had no sewing a button to at least patch or hem something. Yeah. Did they actually wow. do like a graduation for you guys? Like, huh? you actually, did they like celebrate a graduation for you guys at home? Oh, or? no. no it oh, it I was going to say. It wasn't that kind of place. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny. I, I was, you know, laughing with a friend recently and they were talking about allowances. And again, my parents were a little bit more fluent than my friends. And some of my friends were like getting allowances. So I was, I got brave one day and I was like, daddy, you know, I get $7 a week. $2 for church and a dollar for each day for lunch. Can I get an allowance? And he's like, you have one. I'm like, what's my allowance? He goes, I allow you to live. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, I may have had material things, but I lived a very structured life, if you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So how, I mean, how different was your, like, it sounds like both parents were home. Both were college yes. educated. Yes. Was that a unicorn amongst, amongst the, I mean, was, I don't know your community or the no, area. In our, in our neighborhood, there were a few other houses like ours. Most of them had two parents, but okay. most of the time they were not educated. There were, there were a few that had that, but I will be honest and say as a kid, I remember, um, again, I had three brothers and then I was the youngest me, that there were some kids that would always kind of come to our house around a certain time to play. And they always had dinner with us because my mom was that mother that you knew you could get a meal from if your mother was not at home. Wow. Oh, I love that. I wish wow. we had more I mean, of that right now. Figure that out that, you know, they'd always show up around a certain time to play, you know? Mm -hmm, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, they come here to eat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even though my mom worked, she had support. My grandparents lived probably a couple of miles away at best. And I remember as a kid, sometimes my mom would take her pots, literally her pots, and the bags of food and take it to my grandparents' house. And then on the way home from work, she'd go by and pick up her dinner. I mean, it wasn't wow. every day, but there were quite a, many days that that occurred. And of course, my grandma would cook enough so she and my granddaddy could get their food out of it. So it yeah. was a circle. It was a circle. Know? It was a circle. 
Did y'all did y'all ever have? I mean, was Sunday dinner a big deal at all in your house? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, it wasn't always at our house though, because since my dad was a pastor, sometimes we had to visit during Sunday dinner, which could be a great thing if the person could cook. But if they couldn't cook it, you just suffer through it. Um, Eating at Deacon's house tonight, y'all. So uh, yeah, yeah. Have a snack on the way out. (laughs) So. But um, yeah, Sunday dinner was a big deal. And like I said, my grandfather, my mother's father, he farmed, but he also like had like hogs somewhere. And my grandma lived in the city limits and had special permission to have chickens. And so she had chickens. And so we always had fresh, good food. So was uh, Sunday dinner the only really big family dinner i mean obviously not oh no we had had family dinner at our house every night every night and the only time you could get out of family dinner is if my brothers were playing sports or you had some event but then your dinner was put in the oven on warm on a plate waiting for you yeah we always ate at the table Mm -hmm. um i didn't realize that people didn't eat at a table until i got married and I was like wow this is neat you can eat on a couch I didn't know you can eat on a couch <laughs> you know such a had to eat at the table we got permission for this we can do that <laughs> right thank you I mean our house was so that you know, we had a rotation of who did the dishes and you didn't even clear your plate you left your plate and the person who did the dishes cleared the plates did plate the whole nine you. yeah oh, I like that concept I'm making that note right now I like that <laughs> we'll see if it flies in your house huh <laughs> You know, it's you know, yeah. it's fascinating is that maybe at the time you didn't appreciate that, but hearing that you reflecting back, there's a lot of a lot of lessons in that. Really oh, is. absolutely. I mean, my my father, more so than my mother, and he grew up very poor, he was a lesson teacher. I mean, one of the jokes that you know my brothers and I have had over the years is we never wanted our daddy to wash the dishes. Because again, he wasn't like a screaming crazy person, but if he told you to wash the dishes, then you were to wash the dishes. Mm. And if you didn't wash the dishes, he'd wait a while and say, okay, I'll wash the dishes. And he would slowly and gently wash every dish and he put it away. But your butt was his when he was done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like, oh no, 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 please do not wash. And people didn't understand when you say, oh no daddy, I really don't want you to do the dishes. (laughs) Someone else was in the house, they didn't get that. Yeah, so you 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 used a word earlier that uh, that I I don't want to let fly by. Use the word privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you felt you felt growing up you were a little bit privileged. You you and the For family. Growing up, no. When I met my husband, I found out that I was. I didn't know. Oh. I was yeah, so it's kind of funny. He and I laugh about this a lot. You know, he was like, when you were a little kid. You know, did you have a Christmas list? I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, did you get stuff? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, except one time, there's this dress that was at this department store that I really, really wanted. I tried it on. I can remember this dress sadly to the T today. It was, it looked gorgeous on me. And my dad told me no. And I kind of whimpered all the way home. Didn't say much because I wasn't like a a brat on the outside. I probably was one on the inside. (laughs) And on Christmas day, I opened all my gifts to include this beautiful Elgin pendant watch um earrings all of this stuff i couldn't find the dress i didn't care about any of it i'm like where's the dress and my dad's like i went back to the store 15 minutes later and it was gone and you know i was 16 and i'm 50 right now yeah and i still yeah yeah. 
So yeah, I was privileged. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, you know, you know, I do a lot of, well, I do a lot of work in DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. We talk a lot about that. And, you know, that word can be loaded in some context. You know, if you talk mm -hmm. about with, with certain groups who use the word and they, they debate it, they push back and it shows up in different mm -hmm. flavors. So it's just interesting for you to, to even acknowledge yeah. retrospectively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you know how I know, truly know that I was privileged? How? I didn't understand how black I was until I moved to Virginia. When I was growing up, I just looked different from other people. I wasn't treated in my presence any different than anybody else. Wow. Mm. So be mindful. My parents were educators and they didn't, you know, schools were desegregated. So, you know, they were pillars of our community. Everybody in town knew my name, even if I didn't know theirs. <sighs> <laughs> um, I remember being like 16 and hanging out with my girlfriends on a Saturday and we went downtown and we're going different places. And one of them was like, oh, I really want something to drink. And um, I'm like, oh, well, they were like, well, let's go here. How much money do we have between us? And I was like, oh, there's no problem. So I drove to the, there's like three drugstores in our town. I dro drove to the one that none of them had ever been in before, which shocked me when I got there. Walked in and they were like, don't touch nothing. They're going to think we're stealing. I'm like, they're not like that. I walked yeah. in, spoke to the lady at the counter, grabbed all the stuff I wanted. She asked me a few questions about my mom and my dad. She handed me a bag and I walked away. And my friend's like, you didn't pay for that. I'm like, what? And they were like, you didn't pay. We didn't have enough money for all of that. I was like, I just put it on my daddy's account. They were like, what's an account? I'm like, your daddy doesn't have an account? Right. You know, so yeah, when I reflect back, I was privileged. I just, my parents didn't tell me I was privileged. So I didn't know. I mean, when I was 10, and I remember this vividly, I went to um, home with a friend who happened to be white um, after school. My parents knew her parents, so it was okay. We played all afternoon. And when I came home, I asked my mother a question. And she's like, well, she asked me why I look troubled. And I was like, you know, they have carpet. And she was like, what? I'm like, they have carpet at their house. Why don't we have carpet? We had hardwood floors from the one end of the house to the other. <laughs> and I was like, and she just laughed and walked away. So it took me until I was about 15 or 16 to realize that, oh, hardwood was more expensive than carpet because they didn't tell us oh. those types of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I love I just, that. That's how you out, grew up. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like you were a unicorn, but no one told you, you know, your family was a unicorn amongst, you know. Absolutely. But nobody you know, told me. Yeah. My husband, um, we actually met the first time when we were about 15. I didn't like him. Um, <laughs> we met around 16 or 17. <laughs> and um, Corey's laughing so hard, he had to go off camera. Um, um, but we met again and he would like point out things to me. And I still didn't get it. And then when I went to his house, I kind of got it. You know, his house was more like my dad's parents' house. But to me, my grandparents weren't poor. They just lived a, a simple life is what I perceived. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, some people just, I mean, you, you like what you like. So I just did not realize that there was 
economic disparity in the world, you know, when I was a kid. I have a girlfriend who she and I are still good friends now. Um, we laugh about the fact that when I met her, she was living in the projects. Now I had an aunt who had separated from her husband and she and her kids were living in the projects. And she's like, you know, she knew who I was because everybody in town knew who I was. Mm-hmm. She's like, when I got out of the car, everybody went in the house, but I made a beeline for the playground. And she came out in a little bit and she spoke to me and she was like, you look like you're having a lot of fun. I'm like, you have a swing set in front of your house. This yes. is awesome. Yes. And she looked at me like I was a three-headed crazy person. She said when she, she remembers that conversation to the day, that was so excited to come play in the projects. I'm like, I didn't have a swing set in front of my house. Right. Wow. <laughs> that is fascinating though. Oh, the, how, how, how dumb I was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like the, 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 the part that, that stood out to me is that you, when you pulled up there, what you didn't see was the projects. You saw the swing set. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think it's also sometimes in life, we, we focus in on some of the things that like, you're missing the swing set that's in front of the house right there. Like go, go play and go have some fun. Absolutely. And we get just so caught up on everything else. Stuff. So I, yeah. as you probably can tell, my parents didn't raise me to value stuff. Mm-hmm. They raised me to value people. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times when people come to me about some socioeconomic disparity, if it's about a need, I think it needs to be addressed. But if it's about a perception, you need to get over it. You, need you just to get over do. It. <laughs> yeah. You need to get over that. So what's this look like for your for your adult children now and your your six grandkids, I think you said? Six granddaughters. Daughter. Oh, Ooh, wow. Come on now. And Come I on now. Daughters, because I yeah. as my mom can say, from the time I was about five or six, I asked for a sister and I prayed for one every night. I even tried to convince her to buy me one at one point. Um <laughs> that didn't happen either. Um so now I have six granddaughters. Wow. And so I have all the little sisters that I didn't get to have. So are your, are, did your sons, did, did they, uh, I have a son and a daughter, have two okay. children. Okay. Um, they both live within three minutes of me. They already own their own homes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're married. Uh, well, not necessarily, obviously they are married. Um, and they married based on their heart, not by the way that people look. So all of my grandchildren probably look more like Devin than they look like me, but that's okay because I'm still their grandma. Yeah, yeah. So are any of them planters? Are they are they cultivating as oh, well? So it? it's interesting. My daughter used to be a little embarrassed. She won't admit it, but I could tell she's a little embarrassed. She was like, Oh mom, you're so country. But now her oh. husband, but now her husband has his own garden. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and now they grow all kinds of things and they do all kinds of propagation projects. And you know, I think what really touched my heart is when my oldest granddaughter, she's nine, when she was about three or four. She was sitting in our backyard and we have raised beds because again, we live in a neighborhood so you can't make it look like the clampets in the backyard. <laughs> so she's sitting on the a, um, a side of one of the beds. My husband built two with benches so I could sit and he can sit. And so she's sitting out on the bench and she looks around and she says, Gamma, why come people go to the store and buy all this stuff that they can just grow in their own yard? Wow. I'm like, baby, mm-hmm. I don't know. But one day we're going to figure that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, such insight from a child, huh? Yes, she has more sense than most of the people I know. (laughs) (laughs) What's beautiful to me is like, this is the, 
this is the lineage of your family. Like you're, it was passed on from father to father to father to father to father, and like the daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah, the daughter to <laughs> yeah, 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 and and uh, it's it's beautiful to see how that's grown and continues to evolve in in your family. Oh yeah, I mean, I have a a video on Facebook, and I say I have. I didn't make the video. My daughter did. When um, COVID started, her second daughter, who is what is seven but was six at the time, she has a video of her taking a T-shirt and making a mask, like sewing it and all. And I'm like, look at that girl; she's gonna take care of herself. I'll take right, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so your husband is he? Sounds like uh, character matters for a variety of reasons. But I mean, you met when you were 15. You said, yes, the first time I met him. Yes. <laughs> and, how, and tell us about that. I'm always, I, I love a backstory. Like, you meet on the, where'd you uh, so meet? So the first I, time I met him, I met him at a dance and I thought he was too cute, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so um, I think I danced with him once. I kind of got a girlfriend to dance with him and kind of filtered it and went away. I met him again when I was about 16 and a half. I actually didn't realize he was the same person, you know, because I met him at a dance, it was kind of dark. And um, we actually, I actually figured out like a few years later, somebody was showing me pictures. It was like, you met him? I'm like, no, that didn't like that guy, you know, but it was the same guy. Um, but we met in high school. Um, he actually is a half brother to one of my better friends. And so he was introduced to me as, you know, this guy's brother. Um, I actually tried to fix him up with a girlfriend because he told me he was looking for a girlfriend. So I found this girl, we were at a band competition and I had come from a photo shoot, a whole nother story. We won't talk about that. <laughs> I, had, like, I didn't ride with the band and I was a keyboardist for our high school band and I had makeup in the car. So I actually went and made one of my friends' face up, made her pretty, fixed her hair, walked her up to my husband, not at the time, obviously, but to this guy. And he had a friend with him. And when I introduced him to her, he introduced her to somebody else. And I was so mad. I could Wow. <laughs> and then a couple of hours later, I saw him and I like made a beeline away. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I wanted to meet you. I said, then you should have said that. <laughs> and, you know, we still have the conversation about how disappointed I was in him that day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, so, I was taught, you say what you mean and mean what you say, just try not to say me. You should just oh, say it. Just say it. Say you know? So music, anyway. so you're a keyboardist? You 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 play music as I well? I used to play piano. I mean, what pastor's daughter, you know, doesn't know how to play piano? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. It was a part of the job description. So as yeah. soon as um, <laughs> I graduated from home, I graduated from that as well. From the piano. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so it's not full circle for the for the for the piano it may be i'm thinking over the next few years i might buy a piano you know because yeah. i'm you know getting older it might be comic see it was required mm -hmm. i'm not one that does well with things that other people require of me does that mm -hmm. make sense yeah it does it totally yeah. does oh i can if relate to that me i i i can handle it better than you tell me if you tell me something, I'm probably going to go against it because you said so, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't given a choice. Yeah. 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 I tell my I try, I try to help the kids kind of develop that that self, you know, organization, be self-sufficient. There's some things like, listen, you can't 
do this uh, that I have to put in place. But for the most part, I'm always trying to think of ways to allow them to, uh, I don't know, collaborate and help come up with the solution for it so that there's a little bit more ownership on their side and they really played a part in making that decision. Um, Absolutely. I mean, so if I hear you, what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, one of the adult learning models is the person has to have buy-in, but I think it's important for kids as well. Mm-hmm. If a person doesn't have buy-in, they're just going through the motions and possibly not even having an emotion. <laughs> they're just yeah. doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, for my children, when I raise them, I let them try a lot of different things up to a certain age. You know, my daughter tried a lot of sports until she was in the 10th grade. So I told her, I said, now, if you're serious about sports, now you got to focus on one and be good at it. So you can, you know, possibly get a scholarship or something, but I let her try all kinds of things. My son was just interested in football. So he just played football and that's fine. You know, it's interesting because he played football all the way through. And then when he went to school, he did college. He didn't play football because he really lost interest in it. Our daughter tried a lot of different things and she even modeled for quite a bit of time. She's a really beautiful person and she's physically pretty as well. Um, but when she was in the 10th grade, she found volleyball. So she played volleyball for the remainder of high school. I mean, she lettered, she was all district, all conference. And then she received six full rides for volleyball and she didn't want to go to any of those places. So she and I collaborated, as you said, and found yes. a place um, where she would be happy. My husband was very upset to say the least, because he came from, a, you know, like I said, a, a disadvantaged family. And he's like, she got full, six full rides and we're not going to make her take none of them. I'm like, she's not going to be happy. She won't be successful, you know, and six, you know, and since I knew about not being happy in certain roles as a child, I knew that she wouldn't be successful in those things. So she went where she wanted to go. She went from a, a B-ish student to all A's at a very prestigious college in Virginia. You know, yeah. so she excelled, she exceeded, and she still played volleyball. I mean, she did very oh. well because happiness matters. It does. <laughs> Whew. Happiness matters. Yeah, I mean, what's more important than being happy, right? Um, I don't know, but we could have a whole nother side conversation about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just put it in context. It, it not, yeah. Not necessarily wealth. I know a lot of wealthy people that are unhappy. Oh, no, I don't mean wealth. I mean, it's just so I didn't share this, but I am also a licensed and ordained minister. And people come to me for counseling. And the first thing they say is, I'm not happy. <laughs> and I laugh and say, okay, let's go through your vows. I don't think that word was in there. <laughs> I just don't think it was in there. <laughs> Happiness comes from within. Another person cannot make you happy. Agreed. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no, it's trying to make, try, you know, I find like other, waiting for other people to make you happy is like walking through a kitchen hungry and expecting people to feed you. Yeah, Ooh, with food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> like you got two hands, you got, you, you got to, you got to reach, you can cook, you got pots and pans and spices. But I think yeah. to your point, too often we're waiting for everybody else. And, and Absolutely. And if that reminds me of something my daddy used to say too, Devin, when you said about can you cook. My, my daddy used to ask my husband and my brother sometimes when they would like expect things, he'd look at them and say, I don't think your hands are put on backwards. Because <laughs> 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 he cooked. I mean, he didn't cook often. And when my mom, you know, he finished graduate school before my mom did. 
and you know they were in graduate school when I was a kid I think my mom said when I was in the third grade the teacher said I wrote a paper I don't remember it and I talked about every Wednesday night when my daddy cooked we had the same meal every because that's when she went to school every Wednesday we had pork fried pork chops and gravy and green beans because that's all he knew how to cook well (laughs) he cooked it (laughs) you know (laughs) oh it's fascinating yeah. So what's next for Sandra? It sounds like you got a lot going on. You've, you've lived a, a rich life with family, faith, friends, career. Your cup is full. What's is, is there a 2.0, 3.0 for, for you going? Like, what do you see? I, so I hope so. I'm not trying to throw in a towel of any sort. <laughs> um, so I just started a new job in January. I work for the Foreign Affairs Security Training Center. That's not too far from me. So I'm contracting with the government. It's fascinating. And that's the only thing I can say with my clearance. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, <laughs> um, I would like to have a farm, truly. I mean, it's not just like, I like to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. I would like to, at some point, have a farm, um, not just to have the land buffer from people, which would be very nice as well, but to um, actually take some of that produce, give it away or, or subsidize it with you know myself to the point where other people are well-fed. Um, I think people don't eat enough vegetables because they are not exposed to a lot of different vegetables. They don't eat enough because they cost more than almost anything else in the grocery store if you really look at it. Um, but just to help people, um, I think, I want to go back to graduate school, again, a PhD dropout, but go back in now talent development and um, possibly, you know, be a part-time professor as I continue to gray, you know, that's what I think, but you know, I'm wide open from the standpoint of whatever path God leads me in, I'm happy to walk in. Are you preaching? Are you at a church where you're- I am at a church. I am not preaching. I do ministry, but I am not preaching day week to week i do a lot of conferences okay when offered now with covid they ain't doing much at all I don't know you know, <laughs> um, but yeah i i um i'm actually helping a friend who's doing a, a project where she's helping girls more impactfully decide what's important to them before they get married so they make better choices so i'm helping her with that book and helping her doing some study guide stuff. It's Christian based. It's called the list. She had a she did this thing Bible study with some girls and had to make a list of the things that they wanted in a spouse and a list of things that they wanted to change about themselves. And one of them, when she got married, actually wrapped her bouquet in that list, which I thought was more than beautiful. And you know, I'm helping her with that project right now. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't want to steal Corey's thunder, but I think people would be fascinated by. Is it your Facebook page where you're teaching people how to like, garden? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of folks who are going to hear this. They're like, hell, hold on, dial me into that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now I started that when COVID started only because I got a phone call. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, I had thought about honestly off and on for years. I need to do something with this because my husband's name is Kevin, by the way, Devin. Um, so Kevin and I um, would go around with friends who wanted to garden, who seen parts of our garden and we'd help them build raised beds um, through part of our church ministry we've gone to some um, places that had some food security issues and helped build gardens I mean physically build the beds show them how to plant it how to take care of it um, 
we've done a lot of that. So people know that I garden. My neighbors know because when I have too many tomatoes, I'm the lady that will ring your doorbell and say, I'm really sorry to bother you. Could you help me with this? Could you take some of these off my hands and give them produce? The reason I do it that way is because I don't want people to feel like they owe me anything or that, you know, there's any, I don't know, that I'm, you know, looking like big me, little you type thing where I'm looking down on them anyway. I'm not. I just grow too much stuff. I actually like to watch things grow and I end up with too much stuff. So I give it away. Or, you know, sometimes our, our little fridge where we keep our eggs gets too full. You know, we usually first line of defense is our kids. My brother's local. We give them eggs. But if I have way too many eggs, we give eggs to the neighbors. You know, I don't sell things right now. I give things away. Um, so I had a call from someone right when COVID started and said, I was told that grocery stores only have enough food for three days. I went to the grocery store and all of these things were missing. I'm going to starve. And I'm like, no, you're not. Right. And so from that conversation, um, that person, and I had a couple of conversations about, you know, they were like, I don't have seeds. You know, I'm not like you where you, I mean, I really have a container quite literally full of seeds. I probably could plant stuff for three years without going to the store. It was like, I don't have seeds. I don't, you know, I don't have a green thumb. You know, I don't even have yeah. pots. I don't have raised beds. And I was like, you got a bucket, you got a nail, put three holes in the bottom of the bucket, go fill it with dirt. Do you have celery in your refrigerator? Do you have carrots? Take carrots, cut the tops off and put them in water. Take, you know, celery, cut the bottom off, put them in water, bok choy, all of that. You got a potato that's sprouting, put it in a bucket and cover it up with dirt. Keep watering it. It'll it'll grow. You know, do you have garlic and onions? You know, so I went through all of that. And they were like, mm. you need to share this with people. So <laughs> I got on Facebook and had a video rant and I got all this response. And so probably from... Um, March, April to the, the end of my growing season is usually in September. I like made all these videos and then people were like, you stop making videos. And I'm like, I don't garden. I do garden in the winter, but winter gardening is like planting collard greens, mustard greens, broccoli and cabbage. And that stuff grows slowly over the winter. It doesn't need to be weeded. You don't do anything with it. I might pick yeah. it back up, you know, but I've been really bu busy. As you know, Devin, I'm very involved with ATD. I do have six granddaughters. I have a life full without oh, yeah. all of that, you know? Yeah. So um, I may pick it back up in the spring, but that's why I did it. Cause I'm like, you can survive if you choose to survive, you know? I, I even took a, a bad potato. You know how you have potato starts to just sprout a little bit, mm -hmm. cut it in four pieces. And another story is we have a worm farm. I threw it in there with the worms just for the worms to eat. It started sprouting. So I showed people and we put it in a bucket and two or three months later, I had a bucket full of potatoes. You know, it's not hard. You just have to know how to do it. Did that wow. answer your question? From the bucket to the bed. The That's right. <laughs> no, we could sit and talk to you for hours, Sanders. But I'm not very, but I, I truly am not very interesting. <laughs> No, you really are. You're you're a lot of perspective. My aunt, I, I meant to say this earlier. I just didn't know what city she was in, so I was texting her while while we, we've been talking. She is the director of the Loudon Homeless Services Center in Leesburg, Virginia. Okay. So I know, like for her, she's gonna love this episode, right? She's gonna be. Oh, shout out, Star! How you doing? We made it. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but I know for her, this is going to be one of those episodes she's going to love because she, she'll be able to take some of these things and, and teach uh, the people that are coming in and out of the facilities. Um, and, you know, you know, when you, when you get your garden, you get your farm going, you know, she, she might be able to partner with you, you know, and, and I won't uh, be mad at her. The people get fed. Yeah. 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 I guess for me, you know, everybody has their, again, different perspective. You can have a kid mm-hmm. who grows up single parent, no parent. Could be raised by a grandparent, could be economically poor. But if you show, if you give them the right books to read and you let them see how things grow, you can't stop them. You know, a lot of people, kids won't eat vegetables. Most kids that I know, if you give them seeds and you let them grow those vegetables, they're going to eat them because they want to know what they grew tasted like. Mm. I mean, I'm serious. They're going to be excited. And to me, that's one of a skill. I mean, I was, I was taught to cook and sew at a very young age. I appreciate that. But if I can grow my own food, I'm going to make it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I would love to go to some inner city places. I mean, I have gone to some and like built raised beds and try. we try to make sure that they manage them because we don't want to be like, okay, now I've done this and now I'm going to tell you how to do it. But I would love to like get into a school district where their kids are impoverished and give them three plants to take home and nourish, you know, cucumber plant, a tomato plant, you know, and some other thing that they want to, they like. They even have a little deck space, a patio space. You don't have to have a field, you know, yeah, and yeah. let the stuff grow and let them taste literally the fruit of their labor. It's going to, it's going to change their mind, you know? Uh, uh. You, you know, it's interesting beyond, beyond the plants itself. What, what I hear in your story is uh, a curiosity about life and, uh, and uh, the willingness to put yourself out there and it's okay not to know, but, you you'll figure it out and that's okay too and it may may take an hour it may take 10 hours but if we had more of that with our young people coming up that like that ability to you know i it's one of and i say that because one of the things that i I care my dad used to say is son you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable yes yes now i'll be honest to say my husband struggles with that still a bit you know we can be we can plan a project. He's excited. He'll start the project and then he'll get to a point where he's uncomfortable and he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, no, we can't be done uh, now. Oh, yeah. Things are <laughs> things are disorganized. No, we got to get this done. You know, or he'll say, no, you know, and I'll just pull and tug until he gets in his spirit that it has to be done. And then usually when it's finished, it's even better than I thought. So the reason he struggles is because he's a perfectionist. Hmm. You know, so... He, he's not going to half do anything. So sometimes he will not do something because he can't do it perfectly. And I'm trying to break that in him without destroying his spirit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because things don't have to be perfect, you no. know? Yeah, they don't. They just need to be done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You wow. Know? This, this has been fascinating. I, I, you know, I, you know, I'll speak for me. I mean, this is, Thank you so much for coming on with us today. This conversation is 
even more inspirational, insightful, thoughtful. Appreciate you getting a little vulnerable, telling us a little bit about you and, and everything. I think people are really going to enjoy this episode, learn a little bit more about. Well, thank you. Like I said, I didn't know what I could add to this conversation. <laughs> I listened to the other people. I'm like, wow, they've got some like A-list people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sandra, you know? <laughs> you on the list. You are on the list. Well, uh, that was, that was, uh, you know, that was a prophetic, you know, because you go write the book, you helping your friend with the list. Yeah. So I actually have in front of me four pages that I wrote. It's called, hold on. It's time to take back the plantation. And I'm like, people are not ready for that word. They're just not ready for it. Mm. But let's think about it this way. You can always, okay. New clothes can, you can always make new clothes. Yep. Even diamonds, there are vaults and vaults full of diamonds. There's no shortage of diamonds, right? Even though they try to make them precious, they're not really. There's only so much land. God ain't making no more. It, it leads to generational wealth. One of yeah. the things my mom told me recently, because her dad, like I said, he farmed. And we were talking about pecans, because most people you know, get pecans November, December-ish, October, November at least in South Carolina. And, and I noticed most farmers have like a little pecan grove and I want pecans because I love to eat them. And my mom's like, you know what farmers have pecans? She said, my daddy said it's because their crop comes in right before your taxes are due. So if you don't have the money to pay your taxes, you just go pick up the pecans and sell the pecans and there's your tax money. Wow. If you mm. own land, you can print money, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for today. It's been fantastic. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We look forward to all the great things you got working uh, in the background and, and what you're looking forward to as well. So thank you. It was a pleasure. Like I said, I'm kind of curious about what this final product's going to sound like, but okay. Oh, you're going <laughs> to love it. You're gonna love it. You're gonna have, <laughs> have a little, little ragu love, too. I don't love the sound of my own voice. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> no, we need more original, authentic voices in the world. So I, I appreciate you coming with it. So well, I appreciate your time as well. You all enjoy the remainder of your Saturday. You too. All right. Take care. All right. Bye bye.